parsha. The parsha this week is Kitetzei. Kitetzei. And I'll look at that part of the parsha which describes to us the mitzvot that are connected to Amalek. The Amalekites, you know, that we're obliged to wipe them out, but the Torah presents this obligation in greater in greater detail. The Psukim say as follows, right? If you have the sheet, it's at the beginning of the sheet. If not, it's in Perikav Dalit, Pasuk 17 to 19. Pasuk 17 says, Zachor is... Uh, means always, always remember, always remember. There's an always aspect to that word. Remember what the Amalekites did. You know that the first meeting that the uh, people of Israel had after leaving Mitzrayim, the first meeting that they had with another group, another culture, another people, was with Amalek. It was with the Amalekites. Baderch Mitzrayim, when you left Mitzrayim. Now, what happened in this encounter between Bnei Yisrael and, and Amalek? So the Pasuk explains it, but in a way that demands further explanation. So we'll see the Pasuk, and then uh, we'll look at Rashi. Asher Karchabaderech, something that happened. It happened without previous uh, planning. The stragglers, the people who were left behind, the Jews who couldn't keep up. And you are tired. And they did not fear God. So I have to explain this a little bit. Like what was it exactly that, uh, uh, that Amalek is being accused of? I mean, yes, they went to war with Israel, but that's not so unreasonable. People go to war with others all the time. And they're not dealt such a disastrous uh, punishment as the punishment for Amalek, as we will see. Well, what did they do? See the Rashi? What does Karcha mean? The first Rashi says, Lashon Mikre. Mikre meaning. It had nothing to do with divine design. It was something that just happened. Just happened. I think it, it, it eliminates God from the equation. The second interpretation, Lashon Keri Vitumo. the same words as Keri. Keri means something unclean and unacceptable in the world of the Torah. Okay. They would, they would, uh, the uncleanliness that is referred to as Mishkav Zachor is homosexual uh, activity. A third explanation, the Barachel is shown Kor That's something to do with the idea of heat 
and cold, hot and cold. How so, Rashi? When you are excited, you're leaving Mitzrayim, you're on your way to getting the Torah, they cooled you off. All the other nations were afraid to encounter B'nai Yisrael led by Moshe Rabbeinu. Along came the, the Amalekites and they changed the, the political map. Before they came and attacked the Jews, the nations of the world were kind of astounded at the great success that the Jews had in leaving Mitzrayim. Along came the, uh, the uh, Amalekites and they, they did something which changed that. People were no longer uh, uh, afraid. And that change was a big thing. It wasn't a small matter. Finally, Rashi says, uh, Mashal, he says, you can make, you can compare this to a batir otaka to a boiling, I guess a boiling mikveh. No one, it's so hot that no one could go into it. One person came along, he jumped into it. Even though he was burnt up a little bit, he managed to cool it down. So that, according to this interpretation and the mashal, what 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 Amalek did was they changed the world. The world before Amalek thought that Bnei Yisrael were invincible. They beat down the Egyptians who were on their way to to uh, Har Sinai. Along came along came Amalek, and they said, "No, they're not invisible, invincible." They're not uh, unique. They were people. They fight back. We fight with them. We fight back. They changed the nature of the international relationships. That's the last interpretation that Rashi Rashi gives about Asher Karchab Aderech. The next thing it says in the pasuk is Ve'izanev Becha Makatzanav on the tail. Okay, he like took off the he took off the uh, zanav the tails, right? And then the next part of the pasuk says, "Who's Rashi says that nechshalim. That word means chasrei koach, machmat chata'am. They were, they did not have any power, any strength because of what they did. Shehayaha nan poltan is reminds us that the cloud, the cloud that covered B'nai Yisrael, protected them, kind of threw out the people who didn't need protection. 
were not deserving of protection. And then the next part of the Pasuk says, Tired, thirsty, they were, they looked for water. They were thirsty. They needed water. And right after that, the next Pasuk says, and Amalek came. So you see that. That the tiredness that they had, which was also the opening for Amalek, was because they didn't have any water. Right? The Amalek was not afraid at that time. I mean, after all, B'nai Yisrael were escaping, and Amalek was not afraid. Was not afraid. And so, as a result, I mean, uh, if I had to ask you know, why, what would, the, what did they do that was so terrible, so much more terrible than anybody else did, you know, in battle? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you the truth. Rashi helps me, directs me, but he hasn't explained it to me. I mean, why does the Torah say in the next pasuk, Vaya, and it will come to be, to be. God will create a time of peace where we will be things will be calm and there won't be battles in the land that God will give you to as an inheritance to inherit it two things Two commands. Like the first command was Zachor, remember, and then the person tells us what they did. Even though I say to you, I don't understand exactly what they did. Timche et Zechra Malek. Rashi says, Me Ishvadisha, me Oleva Yonak, me Shorv That the word Timche, wipe it out, it's a very strong word. And it means they won't be able to recover. Nothing alive will be left. There won't be any kind of uh, recovery. That's what wiped out means. You won't even say, oh, this cow once belonged to an Amalekite. There are no Amalekites. They're gone. That's Timche. Finally, the Rashi doesn't refer to this. He says, Lotishka. Zachor, remember what they did with Lotishka? And Lotishka means don't forget. I mean, it might mean. Don't forget, no matter what the reality is, to do the mitzvah of Timchet. So you might have a question, based on the reading of the these psukim, just the reading with Rashi, I just want to know, what happens if Amalek disappears? What happens if they're no longer in existence? 
the Amalekites. Do I still have to remember what they did? Well, I don't know. But I mean, what's the point? I mean, okay, I could make up a point. I could say, well, if you remember Amalek, so you remember bad, evil, how evil works, how it goes. Maybe that's important. It's true. I can't deny that. But I just don't think that's what the Pasuk means. The Pasuk means Tim Chaber and, and Lo, lo Tishkach because, because you, you probably haven't done it yet. You probably haven't done Tim Chaber. I remember that Rabbi Soloveitchik once said in the name of his father, Rabbi Soloveitchik from Boston, quoting his father, Rabbi Moshe, who said something like this, that the parasha that we just read of Amolek, Timchet Zecher, Amolek, it's not it's not limited to a particular to a particular people called Amalekites, but includes includes anybody who acts like that like they acted. So I, I don't want to call to. I don't want to get into that discussion about the, whether whether Germany was or Germany was not. I mean, I don't know anything about that. Anything about that? But I say that what Rav Moshe Soloveitchik said it in the quote of the of the uh, that this kind of special kind of hatred that a nation might have for Am Yisrael puts them in the same category. The Pesach in, uh, in Tehillim says, L'chu v'nachideim migoi v'lo yizacher sheim Yisrael. Let's remove them from the family of nations. We'll get rid of them. Right, remember that play on words because in our parish it says Zachor in Masha Asalech Amalek but the Goyim say there should be no memory, no memory of the Jewish people at all. So that's a possible interpretation. Well, the interpretation is not so uh, not so optimistic. Like it says, there'll always be, always be Amalek. So always be Amalek. All you have to do is think of how painful things are, and you find Amalek. But I don't think it doesn't seem to me. I mean, not that I want to uh, put myself in any way opposed to. Uh, Rabbi Soloveitchik, his father, Rav Moshe. Certainly they had a great understanding of things. But to me, when I read the parasha, I think it's about the real people called Amalek. And it also seems to me when the real people of Amalek disappear, 
the mitzvah disappears. I've never heard such a thing that the mitzvah like sort of disappears. I know that exile, the exile of B'nai Yisrael Yaday by the Romans, right, it, it created a new situation which limited a lot of mitzvot, like there's no Beit HaMikdash, there's no Eretz Yisrael, right? So, so things changed, but there's always a hope for the future. And somehow the future will retrieve things. But today, if I looked up, if I googled up a lake, I could, you know, they have that Google thing with the maps and then Google with the, where I could find my, the apartment that I lived in when I was a child. Even then, I'm not going to be able to find Amalek. There just is no Amalek. There is no Amalek. Also, I'm reminded of the fact that Amalek was not really the only nation that was considered by the Torah. You know, Amalek, wipe them out, get rid of them. But there were other nations that we came into contact with on the way to Eretz Israel who treated us poorly. And in spite of that, their punishment is not nearly as severe as the punishment to Amalek. For example, also Perikav Gimel, Perikav Gimel in Psukim Dalet Tetet, talk about Ammon and Moab. Lo yavo Ammoni Moavi Okay, the same with Ammoni and Moavi. You know, they fought against B'nai Yisrael. They were not successful, but they were uh, a serious enemy. We'll see in a minute. Lo yavo lahem bekal Hashem ad olam, Ammoni and Moavi. Lo yavo bekal Hashem ad olam. You can't accept them. I mean, it's a a different kind of punishment. And even if everybody in Abu Dhabi wants to come to Eretz Yisrael, you don't have to accept them. Al devar asher lo kidmu etchem belechem uvamayim b'derech b'tzeitchem emitzrayim b'achet zachar alechet bil'am ben ba'or b'ptor aram naharayim nekal alecho So the Torah then becomes very focused on this idea of Bilam. It was a terrible thing. Balak went to Bilam and asked Bilam to curse the Jews. But then the Torah says, the Torah says, Lo Hashem Bilam. But God did not accept Bilam's claim that, you know, he was just working for a living. He wanted to curse the Jews. That's what he does. That's his. That's his business. And God turned the klala into a bracha. Amon in Moab. Do not look out for them. Do not try to help them. Okay. 
There are nations of the world that did bad things to us, but they get a different reading. Lo tita eva domi. You should not hate the Edomites that come from Esav, right? The come from Esav. Ki achichahu. Lo tita Don't despise the Egyptians. Because after all, Ger Hayita, the Arzo, you were there for 210 years. You were there for 210 years. Finally, the Pasuk says, Banim Asher Yivaldu Lahem Doshli Shi Lahem Hashem. Even after three generations, they can come to Kal Hashem. They come into Kalasha. So I want to remind you that it's true that Bilam tried to curse the Jews and was not successful. God did not allow him to do that because of the love that God expressed for Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael. But I, I, I want you to know that's what's left out here of the story. It's not left out in the Torah. If you go back to the parasha of, of Pinchas, You see that Bilam was the one, well, it wasn't, it, it, Chazal say it was Bilam who gave Balak the Eitzah of sending women to seduce the Jewish men and draw them to idolatry. And that really would have destroyed Am Yisrael. It's not even mentioned here. But what the Torah says is, look, Ammon and Moab, Edom and Mitzrayim, these are the nations that made up our history, our search for Eretz Yisrael, our, our desire to accept the Torah. I mean, all of that is a path that we were on. And that path was disturbed by Amalek, Ammon, Moab, Edom, Mitzrayim. I mean, they, they, they played a part. They're like part of our history. As it says, it, it says in the Torah. Well, if you would write a book of the history of Am Yisrael, you would certainly include them. When I look back at all of that, at those four nations, I see one of them is treated really harshly. One is really treated harshly, and I don't understand from Rashi, which we looked at, I don't understand exactly what they did that was different than what Moab did in trying to destroy Am Yisrael, or different than Mitzrayim did, where they tried to keep them in permanent servitude. But it wasn't exactly, I mean, to say about Mitzrayim that they took us in and kept us, uh, as the, the, Pesach, the Pesach says, Lo titaev Mitzri ki gera they gave us lodging. They really gave us lodging. They captured us. We were enslaved to them. We were unable to do anything of our own free will. So what is this Giger? What, what could that mean, Giger Hayita Bartso? And then Darshli Shi for the triumph of it, the, the third generation. The third generation is welcome. Why is that? What happened? 
So we see that maybe as an attempt in a shot that saves the situation. He says that Amalek is the name of those who come to destroy Am Yisrael in essence. Well, I think that Edom and, and Mitzrayim were in the same category, but, but they didn't do it all at once. So Rabbi Soloveitchik, Rabbi Moshe Soloveitchik says, well, Amalek is an idea. Amalek is not a nation. It's not the nation of Amalek. And the proof that it's an idea is that Amalek disappeared. But the mitzvah did not disappear. Zachor, Timche, Lotishkach, those are the mitzvot that are connected to Amalek. And we have to understand that, you know, Amalek might exist. And when we discover Amalek, we have to try to do away with them as the Torah says. As the Torah says. In fact, you remember, I mean, there's a different way of looking at it. And that's the way the Rambam looks at it. The Rambam's explanation of Breshit, Perik Lamed Vav, the first 10, 12 psukim, Perik Lamed Vav is a very strange uh, Perik. Look at the first pasuk. It says, Eilat Toldot Eisav, Hu Edom. The Torah is now going to give us a list of the wives, children, grandchildren, grandchildren's wives of Esav. Of Esav. Now, why are we interested in knowing that? And what point is there? What point is there of knowing that? Those things. Look at the first pasuk. Pasuk Bet. Esav lakachet nashav mibenot Canaan. Esav married women from Canaan. He married Adabat Elon, Achitiv, et Olivama Batana Ben Sibamachibi. Gimel, Bet Basmat Bat Yishmael. I could just go on, right? Names after names after names. And people look astoundedly at this parak and they say, Well, what's it doing there? Why why would the Torah include this? chapter as a, as a hint I tell you you could look at the Rashi at the beginning of Ayesha at the next parasha might give you an idea at least an idea about what Rashi thought but right now we're thinking about the Rama. so you know the Zohar there's a famous Zohar that says that this parasha Alufei Esav the parasha of Alufei Esav the, the great generals who ruled Eretz Yisrael in the name of Esau. This parsha is the most difficult parsha in the entire Torah. You know the Zohar. Somebody's going to say the opposite of what everybody thinks. You know, most people think this parsha is the only irrelevant parsha in the Torah. Along comes the Zohar. The Zohar says this parsha is the most profound parsha in the Torah. Why is what's so profound about it? So they say simply, everything in the Torah can be read in four ways. Pshat, Remesh, Drash, and so I don't want to go into what these things are, but Pshat is like something that you might know. Pshat, like the simple reading. And Sod is the reading that is based on Kabbalah, for example. So every Pasuk in the Torah can be read in four ways. Pshat, Remesh, Drash, 
and sold. However, this parasha doesn't have a pshat. And therefore, you can't just limit yourself with the simple reading of the parasha, but you have to get to the depths of it, either through the drash or the remez or the sod. But if you do that, obviously, according to the Zohar, you're going to find something truthful, something important, something that, that makes sense. The Rambam has a different idea. The Rambam says, take a look at Pasuk Yudbet, the last Pasuk, the last Pasuk on the sheet. The Timna Haitafi Legish Lalifaz. Timna was a, a maid servant, a concubine for Eliphaz ben Esav. Ratan, she gave birth to Eliphaz at Amalek. She gave birth to Eliphaz Amalek. So the Rambam says, Mar Nebuchim, part 3, chapter 50. Mar Nebuchim, part 3, chapter 15. 50, uh, uh, the Rambam says, what happens if you're like, someplace and you meet a person who you think might be Amalek. Well how are you gonna find out if he is Amalek? How are you gonna test him? I mean he doesn't have a two that's a hood that says Amalek in it. And you know you have an obligation to remember not to forget and then to wipe him out. I mean all these obligations come to mind. Right then here's a person who's suspected of being Amalek. So the Ramam said, you look at chapter 36 in Bereshit, and then you could ask him who your father was, who your grandfather was, who, you know, you check all the lineage, and if it fits in to what's in this Perek, then you know that you've discovered Amalek. So that the Rambam saves the mitzvah of Amalek. The Rambam. The Rambam says there might always be an Amalek. And here's the Torah who's going to tell you whether you could really find out if he deserves to be the death penalty, if he is really a Molek. So the question that we asked at the beginning was, isn't it true that a Molek has disappeared? So according to the Ramam, who knows? Who knows if a Molek disappeared? Maybe they're still around. Not like Rabbi Salavechik's father who said, a mullet can change. It can change its kind of... But I want to give you a different... Uh, a different thought. There is a, you know that everybody was created at Selim Elohim? I mean, you know it and I know it. You know, I'm willing always to admit that I don't understand it. But there's something divine in every person. If there's something divine in every person that we would expect that in every person, given the opportunity, given the opportunity, the good of him would outclass the bad in him. That somehow this battle that we envision, uh, sometimes we are, as we should be, often we are not, but somehow we're optimistic. It's like the Rambam says, 
There's something called tshuva gmura. What tshuva gmura? It means I can really get to a very high level. I can do something remarkable. I, I might not know that I've done it, but I could do it. I could do it. So the Torah tells us, the Torah tells us that the first step in getting rid of that ra and in reinstating the tzelem kin as the proper basis for human relationships. In other words, as long as Amalek exists to be somebody who's not going to make it, who's going to fail, who's going to create dissent and, and, and try to destroy the good in Am Yisrael, the good that comes from being part of the Torah, says as long as there is an Amalek in the world, B'nai Yisrael can't do what they were supposed to do. They're always wary, confused, unhappy. Maybe he's a little bit of Amalek. Maybe that's a little bit of Amalek. you got to get that out of us. So the Torah says, destroy Amalek. Destroy Amalek, and it was destroyed. We went from a world in which everybody was possibly guilty, and we're now in a world where everybody is possibly innocent. And that's the point of Amalek. The point of Amalek is that it isn't. They're not there. And everybody we meet, and everybody we know, is created with Salamalakim, which preempts pre our response to those people. We have to see them, all those people as being part of, of, of the divine. So maybe there are three different ways of looking at it. And Moshe Salavachik says, there's always Amalek. You have to just watch out. The Rambam said, not in chronological order, the Rambam said, it may be hard to find, but if you kind of look for them, like we look for Chometz on Pesach, you might find Amalek. And when you find Amalek, this Perik Lamed Vav and Bereshit will help you to eradicate it. And my thought was that maybe Vitzel Kim ultimately takes over. It becomes the inheritance of all of us. And that's proven by the fact that the mitzvah of Mechiat Amalek seems to have disappeared. Seems to have disappeared. If Mechiat Amalek, if Amalek disappeared, then what we're left with is Selim Elokim. All the best. Have a good Shabbos.